This is the Engaging Mobility Podcast, where we discuss topics related to transportation and aging, and consider the intersection of longevity and the social need for being able to move around in our communities. I'm Terry Cassidy, and I co-host this podcast with Susie Tichinski. We are so glad you've joined us today. My guest today is Dave Summers. He is the Director of Outreach and Development at Invita. Welcome, Dave. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Terry. It's a pleasure to be here. Will you just start out by telling us a little bit about your background, about Invita, and what your role is there? Sure. Well, as Director of Outreach and Development, my job is to get out and about in the community and talk about the services that we provide through Invita. Uh, I've been in the nonprofit sector for many years, and um, formerly I was the director, the executive director of the Center for Nonprofit Excellence here in town. Oh, fantastic. And so uh, here at Invita, I have the opportunity to work more directly in terms of impact in the community, and which is a real pleasure. We, our services at Invita are to help people access what they need through transportation and home care in order to live independent lives. And that's really what we're all about, is helping people live the way they want to live, in places where they want to live, as long as they're able. Which is exactly why we're here. <laughs> this is what this podcast is all about. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for coming and talking about, really, the importance of transportation, and regardless mm-hmm. of physical abilities, things related to aging, it's still right. really important to be able to engage in the community. Can you help me understand just in terms of how does Invita interact with public transportation? Sure. We are contracted with the city of Colorado Springs and its public transit system to go above and beyond the types of services that they provide. So we can actually go not only curb to curb or door to door, but we can actually provide a service for folks who need it, it's called door through door, which means that if somebody needs assistance getting out of their home and onto a bus, our drivers can exit the vehicle and go up and help someone um, in a wheelchair or with their walker carry their belongings. And then when they get to an appointment, actually get into the appointment. So that's a higher level of service than you can get with public transportation. And for a lot of people, that's makes all the difference. I certainly imagine a lot of people are not able, there may be a number of reasons why they're not able to access the standard fixed route bus, but one of those is just um, adaptive equipment, being able to get in and out of the house while carrying groceries that they just went shopping for. Right, and our drivers are trained for just that sort of thing, to be very sensitive to the needs of the riders. That's fantastic. So I do want to ask you a bit more about rural areas. Um, You know, oftentimes we hear about transportation and access to transportation being even more of a barrier in rural areas. I guess for some obvious reasons, but some things I'll ask you to expand on a little bit. Um, How is Invita kind of approaching that or trying to help bridge that gap there? Well, just over a year ago, we visited out in eastern El Paso County, where the density of population decreases from around 2,000 per square mile within Colorado Springs 
down to six people per square oh mile goodness. by the time you get out into eastern El Paso County. Which, like, just for, for people who aren't familiar with this area, about how, how many miles outside of Colorado Springs? It's about 30 miles, 30 to 40 miles out. Thank you. So it's not that far. No. But it does become very rural quickly. And we went to a gathering of nonprofits out in that area to learn what the needs are. And we discovered very quickly that when you're talking about transportation in rural areas, you're often talking about health care. You're talking about quality of life. Um, because if folks can't access the services that they need, which are often in town, then they are at risk. It's not just a matter of isolation. It, they're at a health risk because they can't access the doctors that they need. They can't access the services. So this is an area that has not had transportation. So we actually set up a public route just about a year ago. And we set up um, a system where we have fixed bus stops. Because when you do get out to a rural area, you're often dealing with people who don't live in town. And we knew we couldn't go door to door or door through door out in a rural area where we would be going 10 miles off the beaten path to find someone. So we are still reliant upon the community and relationships in the community to get people into the bus stops so that then we can get them all the way into town. And it, it has been working well. It started slowly because it's all about building trust and relationships in those communities. And sometimes it's a one-on-one -on -one education with people who live in that area for them to understand what it means to take the bus in because there are fears regarding coming into town. Will I be left behind? And so we need to make sure that we set up the appropriate uh, systems and processes so that folks understand when they get into town if they know they need a return trip, they have our driver's cell phone and they can call him to remind him, I'm running five minutes behind, I'll be there. So that's a promise we make in our rural transportation. If we take you into town, we'll get you home. That is fantastic. And it's not living in that situation. It's not necessarily something I would think of. So it's really, right. really something I'm sure you've learned through personal interaction with individuals in those communities and finding out about what their own barriers are right. to taking this this bus service. Is it the type of thing where there's one bus per day? So if they don't get that bus, you know, is that part of the, the concern there? Well, and initially we started that way and we discovered that going out once or twice a day, just a couple times a week, didn't give people the flexibility that they needed. Okay. We actually saw usage of that route triple almost overnight when we went to four days a week three times a day really and that's been a wonderful experience is to see people embrace it now one of the other things we've done with this rural route is it's not, we want to make sure the folks um, feel ownership that this is their bus system this is their transportation it's not just us bringing something out to them. We actually park our vehicle out in Eastern El Paso County. We have a relationship out there where we're able to partner with the County of El Paso and use their yard to park our vehicle. And we actually hired our driver from the rural community 
So it's a friendly face. It's someone that people know. That is fantastic. And so we're also investing employment in that community. And, and that makes a difference because they realize that we care and that we're there and that we're going to show up. I love that personal piece. Absolutely. You know, I think it's easy to think about transportation as a means to get from here to there. Certainly right. access to important healthcare as well as social and other um, community events. Mm -hmm. But I love this aspect that you're bringing to it or, or appreciating and feeling that people are pretty wary of something that's unfamiliar. They are. People are pretty wary of something that's new and that getting that buy-in really takes learning the community and getting their trust. Well, it does because if you stop back and think about it, if you sit back and think about it, folks in a rural area that have spent their entire lives out there only know transportation from what they've seen in a Hollywood movie. And it's not usually depicted very positively. Okay. It's a scary taxi ride. It's a scary bus ride. It's a scary train ride. Uh, and so the idea that there is a stranger coming out on a bus into your community doesn't give you a comfort level that you want to get on. Huh. And so we do have to do um, a get on the bus um, type of education and really explain to people how this works. And we've, there is a, a group out there, there is um, a senior housing facility out in eastern El Paso County that we work directly with. And they have gotten to the point where they've embraced this and they're taking regular rides into town as a group to come in for lunch, to go shopping, and they're using it for outings. And this is a group that has been quite isolated because they moved out there, housing was cheaper outside of town and so for them, it was a cost of living that sent them out to this community. But then their isolation put them at risk. And now they can access what they need in town, which has been a delight to work with these people. I think that is just so exciting to see that it's, it's that social engagement piece enabled by the transportation service. Yes. Do you know in that situation, was it individual residents? Or was it somebody at the facility? How did, how did these groups form? Like, I just love that. Well, this particular facility, we went to um, a meeting of all the residents okay. and talked about it. And, and we actually had the bus there and we had them all come out and sit on the bus. And then the very first outing we provided for them was a, just a, about a year ago, um, next month. We said, we want to take you around and let you see the Christmas lights. Nice. And some of the folks had not been out to see Christmas lights in years. And it was just a one-hour trip to drive around in town to see all of the decorations, the Christmas lights, and listen to Christmas music. And from there, their own imagination took over. We could use this for shopping. We could use this to go into town to go visit our banker. We could use this to go to lunch and there are different restaurants we could try. We could go into the library. And so now they design their own group outings. Uh, and then they have individual trips as well when they need to go see the doctor. But what's been fun is when they organize the group outings and turn it into a party bus. <laughs> I do. I love the, the party bus idea. Yeah. And it's 
<clears throat> it's nothing they had to charter for themselves. Right. You know, they're taking advantage right. of this service that you guys are providing. And we're able to arrange it with our regular route, the times on our regular route. Um, and then also when you talk about a fixed route, we do deviate for up to a mile okay. from the bus stops. And so we can go, and, and the, this particular facility is within the mile. Oh, and so nice. we're able to deviate and go directly to the facility and help people get on the bus. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And it does sound like you are helping to create ambassadors of the bus in those yes, communities. Yes, absolutely. I've heard you talk a little bit about the bus driver, and I'd love you to share some stories about how he has increased ridership just through his own personal relationships. Well, he has. He's become known in the community, and when he drives through the community, people wave. Uh, he stops, and he'll have lunch sometimes in the community. And so people know him from different events that he goes to. And um, one day he decided it was time for a vacation, and so he went on vacation for a week, and we had people stopping us and calling us, wanting to make sure our driver was okay, oh, nice. because they didn't see him, and they were concerned. Nice. Yeah. yeah so that so was very sweet. That relationship, and I think that goes a long way. When I talk to people about transitions from driving being their primary means of transportation, Yes. that unknown piece and the idea of getting into a vehicle with a stranger is, mm -hmm. is one that I hear often. Right. So this is a really nice example of how this person who started as a stranger no longer is right. a stranger. Right. Yeah, and we've actually recently hired a second driver from out in that community. So we now have a backup driver who is also from that community. And so uh, the two of them, when they need to, will, will trade off. And so the folks are getting to know multiple drivers now from our organization. And they know after a year that we're committed to being there. That is, that is great. I do have a question, and this could pertain to the riders in the rural area or, or here in the city. I don't know if you know, but do you have any perception of the individuals who take the bus, do they also drive, or is this their only means of transportation? Do you have any way to know that? It can depend. It's both. It's a both and. Um, we do have, for example, out a perfect example is if I go back to rural. You have folks who are very comfortable driving on their own country road. Uh, or they'll take the rural highway if they need to, but coming all the way into town is something they're not comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And so they may go into their local grocery store, that sort of thing, but if they need to come into town for a doctor's appointment, it's much more comfortable to park the car and let somebody else do the driving. The other thing that we have is certain medical conditions. Um, for example, if you know you're going in for your eye appointment, which is very common for an older adult, and you know you're going to get your eyes dilated, the doctor often says, please don't drive. Well, up until our service, these folks would drive anyway. They didn't listen to the doctor and they drove anyway. Well, they're putting, they're putting other people at risk and they're putting themselves at risk when they do that. Uh, folks with diabetes who are coming in for dialysis treatment. Some of them didn't feel they had any type of option. Oh, yeah. And so they would come in for dialysis and then drive themselves home. Mm -hmm. Well, dialysis can be very tiring. 
It is multiple hours and it can be exhausting and it can be dehydrating. And so getting back in your own vehicle, again, puts yourself at risk and put others at risk on the road. And so whereas when you are not going through dialysis, you may be just fine driving in your own community, when you are needing to make that commute into town for that appointment, you are much better off if you can turn the keys over to somebody else. And I love that idea that you can do both. <laughs> that right. people don't, just because you need the bus for certain things doesn't mean you're not safe to drive still sure. or, or driving in your familiar environment, like you're saying. And, and I work with a lot of people where I'm actually recommending that, that you do those local trips that are familiar to you, maybe even here in the city, but the, across town or things that involve the interstate, let's find some other options. And so it's great to know that people are using it that way and we probably could encourage that even more. Well, and it, and it doesn't even have to be that complicated. Mm -hmm. If you are wanting to go into town to pick up something, you're going to have a couple of packages and you're concerned about your own ability to pick up those packages, perhaps they're going to be too heavy for you, and put them in the trunk of your car. Since our drivers are more than happy to help you with your packages, you can take the bus in and our driver will help load them into the bus and take them off the bus and help them get them into your home if you're close enough to the stop. Mm -hmm. It's an added fantastic. service. And I think that within this greater umbrella of transportation planning, planning for a time when driving is no longer safe, let's say, um, I think this idea of starting to explore other modes of transportation early on is right. really helpful to make that a smoother transition. And this really, I think, applies to all of us. You know, at some point, we will get to this point. So it's not a particular population, but just something we all should be thinking about over time. Well, exactly. And, and one of the things that is disconcerting for us is that people view us as they've lost their independence at the time, that they need our services. But I think we can flip that on its head and say, no, the whole reason you're coming to us is in order to maintain your independence. We can help you maintain that as long as possible. It isn't taking it away from you. And I think that's a really key point, that the independence is being able to do the things you want to do. Exactly. Being able to get to those appointments, being able to go to dinner with your friends or go to the movie, and that is still independence. There is such a cultural uh, norm, I guess. Yes, there I is. was just at something yesterday, and. And this woman was telling me about her husband needing to stop driving. And the hardest part was that meant everyone around them knew that something was wrong. If he was no longer driving, something was wrong. And, and to me, that's something I think that will be nice to have that shift to where someone's not driving just means now they're taking the party bus. You know, right. now they have well, other options. Doesn't necessarily mean there's been some big event. We do still have the concern in rural areas of what we call first mile and last mile. Because so many people live outside of town, we're reliant upon the local community. It might be a Lions Club member. It might be members of a local congregation who will bring their friends or family members to the bus stop. 
And if we can work in partnership with them, we can overcome all barriers in a rural area to help people access what they need. But it does take that type of partnership. It does take working together. And do you see that happening now? We do. We have some wonderful relationships out there. In fact, as we expand our rural service, we're currently along one major route north of town that goes out Woodman Road and Highway 24, if you know that area. We're in the process of expanding our service out Highway 94 to several other, even smaller communities. And it's going to be very critical that we partner with the churches. The churches tend to be the most active places where people congregate, for want of a better word. (laughs) And so if we can partner with them to help their friends and neighbors get to our vehicles, then we can help people get all the way into town. And that makes so much sense. Just using the resources that are already there. Right. A lot of times there is that community piece of of wanting to help each other out. Mm -hmm. um, But making that so it's, instead of being a four-hour trip, it's a (laughs) 20-minute period of time of getting somebody there. A lot of the folks in these communities are already bringing their neighbors all the way into town. And accompanying them on an entire day trip. The idea that they could bring them to our vehicle, we would take the person in and bring them out, save someone at least half a day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, productivity goes way up. (laughs) That is fantastic. Mm -hmm. So I'm just really excited to hear about some options. And um, those of you in other parts of the country, look into what options are around. I know... There may not be a whole lot, but I sure hope to see it continue to grow in terms of rural transportation. Well, I think it will. Um, Invita was recently recognized by the Colorado Association of Transportation Agencies. Congratulations. For Thank you for our work out in the rural areas um, because it is innovative to uh, put together the plan that we did and implement it the way that we did. And it's a way in which we can help people age in place. Mm -hmm. And we know from studies that allowing or helping people age in place is actually more cost effective for society, for taxpayers, if we can help people stay in their own homes. And it's usually the preferred option for those homeowners. It's the preferred option for them, and they will actually remain often healthier if they can stay in their own environment that they are accustomed to. Mm -hmm. So what can we do to help people stay where they want to be? And so we were recognized for this innovation. And so we're trying to get the word out. We've been speaking at conferences nationally. Excellent. And um, we're hoping that the model that we're creating here is something that will be replicable across the country. That's fantastic. So do you have any kind of take-home message or things that you would like to leave our listeners with when we're thinking about transportation and particularly in rural areas? Uh, I just want folks to understand that that we are there to help. Uh, We recognize that they have a right to um, live the type of life they want to live. 
and what can we do to help them maintain their independence. Our mission as a nonprofit is to promote access and support independent living with dignity. And that's what we're about. That's fantastic. And if people want to find more information about Invita, can you give us the website or how they should do that? Sure. We're at www.invitacares.org. That sounds great. Thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Engaging Mobility Podcast. You can find links for further information on the website, www.engagingmobility.org. I want to thank the Colorado Department of Transportation, Health Promotion Partners, and Adaptive Mobility Services for their support of this podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Terry Cassidy. I have a doctorate in occupational therapy, and I'm a certified driver rehabilitation specialist. As the owner of Health Promotion Partners, I help clients stay active in their community and make healthy decisions about transportation and aging in place. To learn more, visit my website, www.healthpromotionpartners.com. Susie Tachinsky is an occupational therapist, certified driver rehab specialist, and has achieved her specialty certification in driving and community mobility. She is the owner of Adaptive Mobility, a private company that provides client driver rehab services and education for practitioners seeking to become driver rehab specialists. Learn more at adaptivemobility.com or through her Facebook group, Driving Rehab for the OT.